Hey, you're listening to the GGC Life Podcast, weekly messages from our Sunday services. We hope this message encourages you. Be blessed. Hey, I just want to show you a photo. Oh, wow, hello. If you are not married and you're looking for a husband or wife, just ask Jesus, look what he gave me. Like, seriously, how hot is she? She's going to a wedding today, and she sent me a photo. I nearly swam home to see her. And they're my uh, beautiful kids, and uh, I'm very, very blessed. Very, very blessed. We do this as a family. My kids pray for me uh, at dinner time when Dad's away, and it's awesome. I'm so blessed. Um, I just wanted to start this morning because in New Zealand, I'm a Kiwi. In New Zealand, we're kind of good at two things. We're really good at rugby. (laughs) Might have seen that last night. I don't think Aussie scored one point. <laughs> and we're really good dancers. Pardon? Did I hear? Oh, no. I think that's jealousy. You see, because what you don't know about me is I was a competition break dancer. And I say that to people all the time, and they go, oh, yeah, mate, whatever. Look at you. There's absolutely no way you are. You're a pie eater, not a break dancer. So I put a video together to show you how Kiwis break dance. Check this out. Kill the lights. Awesome. I told you, it's kind of a gift. Today I want to talk to you about doing something. I think so, so, so often in our, in our Christian world, we can be so busy doing church, and, and we can be so busy doing good things, that we can forget there's a lost and dying world out there going to hell. It's in the book. And God wants us. Not just the extroverts. Okay, so we're going to see the extroverts out there today. The introverts are going to stay in here and you'll intercede for us. What the heck? Jesus sent 70 out and he didn't do a personality test. He just sent them out. The same Holy Ghost that's in me is in you. And uh, wherever I go, I see fear just holding so many Christians back. And it's time for us to divorce that fear. It's not our friend. It's a dog that we need to starve, stomp on its head and kill it. Because God didn't give you a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. What does a sound mind do? A sound mind preaches the gospel. You see, if we believed the songs that we sing on a Sunday, then our world would be totally different. 
I'm no longer a slave to fear until I get out there. You see, but today we're going to do it. It's going to be amazing. We're going to invite people back here tonight so we can preach the gospel and see people born again, see people encounter God because he's not just a name in an ancient book. I went into a church to meet girls in your country 23 years ago and I met God. Changed my life. He's the prince of peace. He calms every storm. He's so beautiful. He's so for you. I was sitting in my seat thinking, oh my goodness, I'm in a cult. I've never been in a cult before. I thought this would be interesting. There was people and they had their hands in the air. What the heck? Why would you have your hands in the air? I thought, are they asking a question or what's going on? There was a lady running down the front of the church with a flag. She had a flag. You take a flag to an all-black game, not to church. It's a cult. I thought this was ridiculous. I thought, well, I've never been to one before. I'm going to check it out. So I just sit there and I'm thinking, wow, man, I never want to be like that. As I'm sitting there, the preacher got up and he, he said one line that changed my life. He said, Jesus was a good shepherd and he left 99 sheep to go and find the one. And I just thought, just a fleeting thought, I wonder if he'd ever come and find me. Just a thought. And as I thought that, I physically felt, I didn't think this bit, I felt this bit, warmth going up my arms and across my chest. And you see, I was so cool. you got no idea how cool I was. I was so staunch, so tough on the outside. But on the inside, I was a broken, scared little boy. And all I wanted was someone to love me. I didn't know what was going on, but I'm just crying like a little baby, blowing snot over the lady beside me, actually. <laughs> that was a bit untidy. The preacher stopped preaching because I was making such a scene. And he said, sir, you need to come up the front. I said, I'm not going anywhere near you. <laughs> but that night in Wollongong, God lassoed my heart. He pulled me down at the front of that church. And he changed my life forever. You see, it's such a miracle that I'm here today. I remember I was driving my car on a, one of the Christchurch motorways. And uh, I, just, I just recently lost a baby and I was, I was pretty broken. And uh, before that, I was a youth pastor. And, and I was just going through the season and it was so tough. It was so hard, man. And uh, I'm driving my car. And... Uh, God said to me, he said, I still want to use you, son. And you see, because I was so angry with God, because I lost my wee Mackenzie, I didn't think he'd ever want to use me again. I thought I was done. I'd, I'd blown it. Because I was so hurt, man. I didn't have a revelation that the devil is real. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He's the father of lies. God doesn't take, he gives. And I'm in my car, and I'm weeping. And he said, Will you go? And I started saying, yes, I will. I will go, Jesus. I will go. And as I was saying it, I could just feel this fire that I hadn't felt for years just starting to burn in my belly. And then I'd go and talk to people on the street. And as I was saying, hey, bro, I just want you to know God loves you. God was saying that to me. He was going, hey, Dan, so I love you so much. I was going, hey, bro, God's got a plan for your life, man. And God will be saying that to me. He said, I've got a plan for your life, Daz. Every person that I spoke to, I was ministering to myself. I was speaking truth and life into them, and it was impacting me. 
It changed my life. You see, but it's not about Des the bold dude. It's Des the Christian. I stood in front of my class to spell a word, had a panic attack because I got the word wrong and peed myself in front of my class. Full-blown panic attack. When I first started speaking, one day I got up and I just thought, if I don't talk, this is going to be super weird. And I just started shaking. And my pastor had to come and rescue me and get me out of there. So it's not a personality. It's a Holy Ghost. It's a living God. It's the fire of the gospel. But you can't give what you haven't got. So what should we say to people today when we go out on the street? A good start is hello and smile and be normal. Invite them to come tonight. Ask if they've got a cast or in a wheelchair or whatever. Ask to pray for them. The most beautiful thing we as Christians can say to someone that doesn't know him is, you know what, God loves you so much. I've seen so many people's lives impacted just by saying, and it seems so basic and so simple because it is, it's supposed to be. Hey bro, I just want you to know God loves you so much. Really? Yeah man, tell me about it, okay. And a couple of minutes later, they're bawling their eyes out having an encounter with God. I walked out of a shopping mall, walked past this guy, and uh, I said, hey, bro. He's sitting on the seat by himself. I said, hey, bro, I just want you to know Jesus loves you, man. He goes, yeah, yeah, whatever, mate. I went, oh, that's weird. I walked up to him and said, hey, bro, you just stuck your hand up like you responded to an altar call. <laughs> and he goes, yeah, I did. I said, what's that all about? He said, oh, no, I don't want to talk about religion. I said, that's cool. Your mind doesn't want to talk about religion but your soul and your spirit does. You see, that's what lifted the hand up. Started sharing with him. Five minutes later, he's like this on, a, on the bench. Normal Christianity, man. I was in Cairns uh, probably six months ago. I'm not very good. I'm, I'm in a different place pretty much every weekend. I kind of forget where I've been. And, but I was walking into this meeting with some pastors to have lunch. And as I was at the, the traffic lights, these two guys came up beside me and I just said, hey, bro, how you going? He went, oh, yeah, all right. I said, well, you don't sound all right. And he goes, oh, life blankety blank sucks. And I said, well, isn't it awesome that you met me today? <laughs> and I started sharing the gospel as we're walking. So we're walking across the road and I'm telling him about Jesus. And we end up sitting down outside this pub where we were going to have lunch. And uh, just sharing with him and just telling him how much God loves him, and it was beautiful. And then I felt to go inside where my friends were and get some money. So I went and got some money, brought it back out, and I gave this money to his friends. I said, mate, I just kind of get this feeling that you blame God for a lot of stuff. I just want to give you this money just to show you that he, he's a giver. He's not a taker. The guy was looking at the money like we look at our phones. He couldn't get his eyes off it. He was just like, wow, it was powerful, man. And then uh, keep sharing with the other guy that's sitting directly in front of me. And uh, he just starts weeping. Doesn't, care, doesn't matter what people are thinking walking by. And uh, on that, outside that pub, on that picnic table, that day, that guy gave his life to Jesus. But you see, it started with a, hey, mate, how are you? A, hey, mate, how are you? We can all do that. Hey, mate, how are you going? He rang me that afternoon. He said, hey, Daz, because I gave him my card. 
I said, he said, hey, Des, would you baptise me on Sunday? I said, bro, I'd love to baptise you. That's amazing. But you see, it started on an intersection with a, hey, mate, how are you? Check this photo out. That's him, just before we drown him. How beautiful is that? That is such a beautiful picture, man. Whoa, hello. Cool. There's such a beautiful picture because it happened on a street corner. It started on a street corner. But that same day, about an hour later, his girlfriend rang me. And she said, hey, Des, would you baptize me as well? And I said, absolutely. Are you a Christian? And she said, yeah, I am. Oh, she said, no, I'm not. And I said, God, of course I'll baptize you. So we shared the gospel with her. And then Lissy is just about to baptize her there. You see, that started on a street corner. Hey, mate, how you going? <clears throat> that day at that baptism, their whole family turned up. Their whole family got the gospel. That young man dedicated his life to Jesus. And that started on a street corner. Hey, mate, how you going? The simplicity of the gospel, man, it is not supposed to be difficult. How tragic would it be for us to give Jesus our heart and forget to give him our life? He wants all of you. He will do something so beautiful through you, with you. He is madly in love with you. I think because there's a few people here that are going to go to the School of Evangelism next year. And just letting you know, it's not, you don't just turn up to it. It's uh, invite only. There's only 100 seats. And there's speakers that you just hang out with the whole week, like uh, Daniel Kalenda, Todd White, Reggie Dabbs, Nathan Morris, Eric Gilmore, um, Suzette Hatting. Oh my goodness. Does anyone know Suzette Hatting? Yeah, like seriously. She was preaching. I don't know who she was. She was Ron Hard's intercessor for 40 years. I tapped my uh, mentor who was with me when I went the second time on the shoulder and said, if that is a Christian, I need to get saved. <laughs> she is just absolutely amazing. And like Stevie said, I didn't learn how to be a better evangelist. I didn't learn how to do a better altar call. I didn't learn how to do this better. I learned nothing like that, practically. But the whole week, I was just on my knees, bawling like a baby, because the whole week, I realized that I am a son. And my dad loves me so much. And I don't have to do anything for dad to love me. There's nothing that I can do, there's nothing that you can do that will make God love you any more than what he does right now. My kids wake up in the morning and they don't go, oh, that's right, I've got to be a son today. I've got to be a daughter today. Oh, gee, I forgot. That's right, I've got to be a son or a daughter. They wake up knowing that they've got a dad that adores them. They don't even think that it's possible for dad not to adore them. It's exactly the same with you and father. He is madly in love with you. But all he wants is all of you. That's all he wants. He wants all of you. He wants you to come and die as a sacrifice and say, Jesus, take my life. And he will do something so beautiful through it, man. 
at the School of Evangelism the first year I went. It all, it all leads into an impartation night on the Friday night. And I was really excited. I just thought, man, all these warriors, generals are going to come and lay their hands on us and pray for us. It'll be amazing. So uh, we're standing in this room. There's a hundred of us in this line. And I'm just standing there. And I had a, a, a young evangelist, an American guy, next to me, Jesse. And he just turned to me and he said, hey, Daz, it's an honor to die next year tonight. <laughs> Look, I don't want to die. What are you on about? And it, it rattled me, it rocked me. Because that is the reality. So I'm just mulling over that. And I hear that the speakers are going to come soon and pray for us. And uh, this is a really weird story, so I love sharing it. Because if you've got a religious mindset, you're so going to struggle with this story. Mind you, if you've got a religious mindset, you're so going to struggle with me. God uses me in so many different churches. I'm in a different church every weekend, and I believe a lot of it is because of the way that I look. Because what if the body of Christ, what if we stopped judging and started loving? I'd love you to say, Shai, I'd like to see your hand if you've struggled with my appearance in the last 15 minutes. <laughs> I think that'd be awesome. <laughs> yeah. Show me your hand if you struggle with Stevie's appearance in the last... Yeah. So I'm standing there and, and I'm just waiting for these speakers just mulling over what, uh, what Jesse had just said. And I physically felt a rubbing on my chest. I didn't think it, I felt it. And it was beautiful and I'm crying. It was just so, it was just so pure. And I'm just weeping. And in that moment, I couldn't care less what speakers were going to come in. Wigglesworth could have turned up and it wouldn't have phased me at all because I was having an encounter with him. I was having an encounter with a living God and he was rubbing my chest and I said, Jesus, what is that? And he showed me this picture of this little lamb and this little lamb was licking my chest and he said, I've done that for 20 years. I've licked your chest. I've loved you. I've been intimate with you. I just fall to my knees. I'm an absolute snotball mess. Because the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world yeah. is interested in me and licking my chest and loving on me. It was so powerful. It was so beautiful. And then as I'm on my knees, I see this lion's paw with these big claws and it came across my chest and it ripped my chest open. I felt it. I went, <gasps> I could feel all the goo and all the, the guts and the bones breaking. I felt it all and I'm screaming out. And then that paw went into my chest and he pulled my heart out. And he said, this is now mine. And you see that, that encounter has changed my life. You see, I was flew over to America to do the school and we were preaching on every plane. We were preaching in all the malls. On the way home, I had my hoodie up, my sunglasses on, and I'd just be shaking and crying the whole way home. Why? Because I had an encounter with holiness, man. Because I had an encounter with a living God that's madly in love with me, the same God that's madly in love with you. I didn't realize how much that encounter had impacted me till I'd been home about three or four days. And I went down, I live 3K from the beach, I went down to check the surf to go surfing. And my number plate is preacher on my car. And as I pulled into the car park, these guys started mocking me. 
So I turned my indicator on and went home as fast as I could. What the heck? I got out of the car and went straight over to them. I said, hey guys, I just want you to know that God loves you so much now. He died for you. He's real. He's alive from the dead. And they were blankety blank blank. And it was all good. And uh, there was three of them were standing there and uh, they're, they're saying not very nice things about me. And I started leaning in. And as I started leaning in, I was thinking, oh no, this might not go so good. Because I grabbed the ringleader's ears. And as I grabbed his ears, he burst into tears in front of his friends on the car park at the beach. You see, because he had a praying mum. He had a mum that had been praying for him. He had been backslidden for so many years. And as I grabbed him, I imparted what God imparted into me and to him. Because freely I received it in Florida. So freely I give it in New Zealand. It's exactly the same with you. I think we've got the receiving thing down pat in church. Oh, Jesus, more. Give me more. I will when you use what you've got. Freely you've received, so freely give. I just saw a $100 bill in my head. Hallelujah. And I think it's for this. We're going out there today, and we're going to talk to people about Jesus. And let's just say that I was, like, super loaded, really, really rich. And I said, hey, guys, so cool to be here with you. You kind of know I'm a big deal, and I'm quite rich. So what I'm going to do today to encourage you, I'm going to give every single person in this room $100 for every person that you talk to out there. You just keep a, a list for me, and every single person that you talk to, I'll give you 100 bucks. Would fear be an issue? Would you worry what people think? Because you know that you're going to get $100 for sharing with people outside the comfort of these four walls. What's our motive, man? Because if you knew you were going to get something to go and do something for God, that's actually not okay. If you really love Jesus and you really believe this book, you really believe that people, when they die without Christ, they spend eternity in hell. It's in the book. If you really believe that, wouldn't there be an urgency in your spirit? Wouldn't there be an urgency to go, you know what, I don't care what you think, I care what he thinks. I would rather feel uncomfortable for a couple of minutes with someone, then let then me know, and if I don't, they could spend eternity burning in hell. It's time to get out of the boat. I'd far rather be wet in the arms of Jesus than dry in the boat, man. So that Friday night at the School of Evangelism, after that encounter, I went and sat on this couch and I just couldn't talk to people. And uh, jumped in an Uber cab. And I was rocked, man. I was so rocked. And um, I said to the Uber driver, I said, hey, bro, I just want you to know God loves you, man. And he goes, oh, yeah, whatever. And I said, no, no, he really does. He said, I said, it really does. He said, oh, I don't want to talk about that. 
I said, that's cool. I'm a paying customer. I'm going to talk about what I want to talk about. <laughs> so I just carried on sharing the gospel with him. And the more that I would share the gospel, the angrier he was getting. It doesn't matter how people react or respond. It's the power of the seed. You look someone in the eyes and you say, hey, man, I just want you to know, or hey, love, I want you to know that Jesus loves you so much. That's a seed going into their heart. A friend of mine rang me a couple of months ago and he said, hey, Des, I've, I've just led this tattooist to Jesus. I really wanted to tell you. And I said, oh, cool, man. He said, I gave him the Bible that you got me for Christmas. Is that okay? I said, yeah, bro, that's sweet. And he goes, oh, cool, cool. He said, it was, it was funny because when I gave him the Bible, I said, a friend of mine bought me this for Christmas and I want to give it to you. And the tattooist goes, oh, cool. And he goes, you might know my friend. His name's Daz. He's got heaps of tattoos. And the tattooist goes, is that Daz Chettle? And my mate goes, yes. He goes, Daz Chettle stopped me on the street 10 years ago and told me that Jesus loves me and I've never forgotten it. The power of the seed. The power of the seed. Looking someone in the eye and saying, you know what? God loves you so much. It's so powerful. That's so amazing. So the cabbie's just finishing with this. The cabbie's getting really aggro, like really aggro. And he's saying some words that aren't in that flash. And, uh, and God gave me a, a word for him. You see, God speaks. Yeah, he does. He does. It's not a gift to hear God's voice. You don't need to come and I'll lay my hands on you and I'll impart the gift of hearing God's voice. What the heck? We are kids. Dad talks. Dad's talking all the time, but unfortunately, we're so busy with stuff that we're not listening to Dad. Dad's talking all the time. My question is, what has Dad told you this morning? I, 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 I go into a lot of shops and I say, God, who do you want me to talk to? And he's never once said, oh, no one today. Don't worry about it today. So I, I made a deal with him. Because I don't want to be that crazy guy, you know. So I made a deal with him. I said, God, I'm now, from today, this is a covenant between you and me. I'm only going to stop people, talk to people, pray for people that you died for. You should do the same. Be good if you did the same. So in the back of the cab, I have this picture, this word for this man. He's not very happy. And it was uh, jumper leads coming down and landing on his shoulders and giving him a kickstart. So for me, that was a picture of he's a prodigal. He needs to get kickstarted back into Christ. And I said, hey, bro, this is the word, man. He goes, oh, I'm not interested. And I said, no, that's cool. Just listen. <laughs> and I told him the word, and then the cab got really quiet, like super quiet. Like, you know when things get really quiet and they get a wee bit awkward and you're kind of, <laughs> you're not sure what to do? I was like that. I was going, okay, well, I wonder what's going on here. So I unbuckled, and I leant forward, and I saw tears streaming down his cheeks. Fast forward five minutes. He's in a car park on his knees rededicating his life to Jesus. He didn't want anything to do with me. He didn't want anything to do with God. He didn't want to hear the gospel at all. As a matter of fact, he made it so clear he didn't even like us. But God. But God. I want you to check this video out.
know I need this. All this fighting, all this running, all this doing things that I'm not supposed to do. It's over. Parker's amazing. He picked us up in his cab and, uh, you know, God just just started touching him in the car. I, I had a word for him that uh, he, he was like a battery, a car battery, and it, the battery had gone a bit flat and he needed to get jump started. And I saw these jumper leads coming down on his shoulders and giving him a kickstart. And, uh, and we're just going to rededicate his life to Jesus tonight. Yeah. And this is, this is a beautiful night for you, my brother. We're going to kneel down, okay? Let's not worry about what anyone thinks. I don't care, man. I don't know. I only care about God, man. Come on, man. <laughs> Jesus. Come on, man. Dear Jesus. Oh, thank you. Oh, Jesus. Father, I thank you for his heart. I thank you for this divine appointment. I thank you for new beginnings. Lord God, I thank you for new beginnings, thank Jesus. You, Lord. Thank you. I thank you for new beginnings, Jesus. Okay, I'm going to lead you through a prayer, okay? I want you to say yes. this after me. Dear Jesus. Dear Jesus. I love you. I love you, Lord. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. I ask you to forgive me. I ask you to forgive me, Lord. For everything I've done. For everything I've done. And come back into my life. Come back into my life, Lord. Be my saviour. Be my saviour. Be my best friend. Be my best friend. So I am yours. So I'm yours. And you are mine. And you are mine. I pray this. I pray this. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. You know, you need a jump start. I said, I don't even got cable in my car. He says, no, it's not for your car. It's for you. They said, they said something in my shoulders. And I said, you're right. I need that jump start. So start right now. And they prayed. I fell on my knees. We got out of the car. I left my car alone, you know. And there was no worrying about who's going to take my car. I just went up to, to the grass and fell on my knees with, with Aaron. I'm glad I made a man. And I just hope that they can, we can ride each other. I call. <laughs> For sure we will. I love you, man. Isn't that beautiful? You see, that's not a picture of evangelism. That's a picture of normal Christianity. Amen. Just normal Christianity. It wasn't because there was a five-fold evangelist in the cab. There was a normal Christian in the cab just like you. You know, sometimes I get really scared of things. Sometimes I've got to push through fear barriers. I don't mind preaching the gospel when the plane's landed, but I get really scared when God says, do it at 35,000 feet. And you've got to tell everyone to take their headphones off. And you have to push through fear. So I, I don't want you to look at me and go, oh, well, you're, you're just a bit different. You're just a bit tweaked, a bit mad. No, no. The same fear that you guys need to push through, I need to push through too. I was in a gym. As you're probably gathered. I do a lot of that. Bond of Coke, no. Um, it was a fight club gym a few weeks ago, a couple of weeks ago in Cairns. And uh, I go to Cairns quite a bit. And, uh, and I, I just started talking to this lady in the gym. And, uh, and God gave me a word for her. So we had to talk for five or so minutes. And I was scared. I was scared to give her the word. Because it wasn't... You know, the, the conversation, I didn't know it. It was just a little bit out of season. My heart, I thought, okay, here we go. I said, hey, um, I, I just kind of felt that God spoke to me about you. 
And she went, took a step back, like, oh, yeah, what? <laughs> and I said, if, if it's God, he only says good things about you, not bad things, so don't worry. And I said five words to her. I said, you are not a mistake. She just burst into tears in the gym in front of everyone. She first dropped a couple of F-bombs, took a step back. She's just, she's just shocked. She said, who are you? Are you some sort of fortune teller? And I said, no, no, I'm just a normal Christian, and God spoke to me about you. She got rocked. She's now going to a church. She loves Jesus. Why? Because a normal Christian said five words. You are not a mistake. You can do that, man. So today when we get, meet here at 2 o'clock and we get out there, we're going to smash the fear. We're going to run. Look, just like David ran to Goliath, we're going to run into that harvest field and we're going to preach the gospel. Amen? Awesome. I just want to put that last slide up because maybe you're in here and you don't know Jesus. I don't actually need the band up. Okay? We, we don't need emotional music. We don't need to be burying our heads. I'm done with that, man. I actually want to make it, if you're going to respond to Jesus, if I could put barbed wire across here and say, if you're serious, get through. Because it's not about making some half-baked decision and maybe you're in the band and you're struggling. Today is your day. Daz, that's a pretty full-on thing today well, to say. Well, I've seen it with my own eyes. I did this exact thing did an older call and I said, there's a leader in this church and you're struggling. You're really struggling. You're so locked up in sin, you're struggling. Who are you? First time I spoke in the church, actually, the pastor's freaking out because I wouldn't let it go. And I said, who are you? And I got a little bit irritated. I said, for goodness sake, who are you? And I heard a noise. Look at the pastor. He's scratching himself and doing all this stuff, super nervous. And I said, who are you? And then the worship leader was on the keys. She said, Dad, that's me. You see, she'd been singing songs about Jesus for three years, but she was so far away from him. She was so far away from intimacy with him. My question is, do you know Jesus or are you madly in love with him? Has sin come in because sin pushes us away from him? He doesn't walk away from us. Sin pushes us away from him. So with every eye open and every head up, it has to be a public declaration. It's got to stick, man. And this is family. This is safe. If you're struggling in sin, stand to your feet and we can pray for you. God can blitz that stuff out of you. You can walk in with addiction and walk out free. One of his friends handed him over for a Bag of coins, 30 silver pieces. That's what love looks like. They got him. This is not a fairy tale. This really happened. They tied him to a pole and they were whipping him and whipping him for you and for me. They put a sack over his head. They'd punch him in the face. And they'd say, if you're a prophet, tell us who hit you. They put a crown of thorns down on his head. And he was the Lamb of God. He took away the sin of the world, man. They got these nine-inch nails. They stretched his hands out. They slammed the nails through his hands. 
They chopped his feet together. They slammed another nail through his feet. You may be thinking, well, why are you saying this? It's not Easter. This is not a blooming Easter story, man. This is a story for every day. This is what he did. If you remind yourself every day what he did, you will burn for him. You'll want to tell people about him. They tied a rope around that cross and they pulled it up. The Bible says as he be lifted up, he will draw all men to himself. The Bible says that he appeared to 1, to 2, to 12, then over 500 at once. The resurrected Jesus. 23 years ago, he appeared to me. Today, he wants to appear to you. But you see, I'll tell you what will keep you in your seat. Fear and pride. If pride can kick Lucifer out of heaven, what could it do in a human, man? So with no music, if you're struggling in your Christian walk, I just want you to stand to your feet, or if you've never given your life to Jesus, I want you to stand up right now as a public declaration to say, Jesus, I'm in. <coughs> Divorce the fear. God bless you. Actually, God was speaking to me about you. I don't know if you noticed, I was looking over your way quite a bit. He was speaking about, to, to me about you as I was speaking. And I saw a picture of him. I got a wee bit, bit confused as I was preaching because I was trying to explain something, but I was getting a word for you. What I saw is Jesus came up to you. He gave you a massive hug. And then he placed like a, you know, a princess crown. He placed this princess crown on your head and he said, I love you. I've always loved you. So if I flew all the way from New Zealand to deliver that word for you, it was so worth it, man. Who else? Who else needs to get right with God? You know, we're going out there today as clean, holy warriors. We're going out there today with the Holy Ghost burning in us. I want you guys to stay standing that stood up. We're going out there today with purity, with Holy Ghost, with holy, clean hands. And I know there's people in this room and you're struggling in addiction. God wants to set you free. But you've got free will. I'm going to count down from 10. Normally I go on and on and on. And I feel really comfortable with people's uncomfortableness. (laughs) But today, I'm going to count down from 10. I believe there's a lot of people in this room and you need to get right with God. I believe there's a lot of people in this room and your heart is not white hot. I believe there's a lot of people in this room and you're so struggling and all you're saying is, God, I just need to encounter you again. Maybe it's time to stand. Ten, if that's you, stand to your feet right now. Nine, divorce the fear, man. It's not your friend. Eight, he loves you so much. He's got such a plan for your life. Seven, he died on the cross for you as you because he loves you. Six, he wants to be an intimate father with you. Five, you're a son and you're a daughter. You're so deeply loved by him. Four, the wages of sin is death. But the gift, the gift today, the gift he's given you today is a gift of eternal life, man. This is it. Today, when you're standing up, you're going, you know what, God? I am in. Three, he wants to invade your life. Two, he wants to invade your family. One, 
He wants to show you how much he loves you. He's madly in love with you. The lady next to the guy on the red. I actually heard him say, you tell her how much I love her. He so, so, so loves you. He's so for you. That's really what love looks like. He did that for you. If you were the only one on planet Earth, he still would have gone there for you because he's madly in love with you. Madly in love with you. Awesome. If you didn't respond, what are you doing, man? I get so many messages on Facebook after I preach and Instagram. Oh, Daz, I'm so sorry. I wish I had responded. Why didn't you? We don't know what's going to happen. Death is not 50,000 million miles away. It's right next to us. People are dying on planet Earth right now. They woke up this morning thinking everything's going to be sweet. Awesome. I'm not going to labor it because I really feel not to. I want everyone that stood up, I want you to come and kneel with me on this altar. I don't want any talking. I don't want any looking around. This is it. This is it, man. This is your day. I remember the day in Wollongong 23 years ago like it was yesterday. This is your Wollongong experience. This is the day where you've put it all on the, pushed all your chips to the center of the table and said, you know what? Today I'm all in. I have to say this. If you're not prepared to give him your whole life. If you're not prepared to lay your life down for the gospel, there's people losing their heads on planet earth for the gospel. If you're not prepared to die for the gospel, if you're not prepared to give him everything, I want you to go back to your seat because I don't want to be responsible for you. I don't want to be responsible for a lukewarm half-baked decision. I don't want to be responsible for an emotional response. I want you, if you're up here on your knees, that you are serious, that all of heaven is looking down going, come on, this is amazing. You're making a contract with God and saying, God, I give you my life, not just my heart, and he will forgive you. So if that's you and you're thinking, you know what? I don't really want to be up here. I want you to go back to your seat right now. There's no shame, man. Be real. Well, Daz, that's not how we do stuff in church. Well, this is what we need to do. It's time to get real. Awesome. Awesome. So what I want to do, church is family. I want everyone that's sitting to stand. And we're all going to pray. I don't know your name, sir. Anton. Anton. I just felt God say, he wants to give you the desires of your heart. He actually wants to. You don't have to beg. He wants to. Okay?
So there's so many different situations on this altar. There's no sinner's prayer in the Bible. The Bible says that you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. Believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. You will be saved. So yeah, there's a prayer required. Full on. But this whole transaction is between your heart and God. Your heart and Jesus. Your heart and heaven. And the, the shame and the guilt and the um, condemnation that you walked in with, you are walking out free. It is going to stay on this altar, on this mercy seat. It's going to stay there. It's almost like picture you've, you've walked in today with this backpack of junk and you're taking it off now and you're leaving it at the altar because it's not yours now. It's his. He paid for that junk. He paid for it. He paid such a price for it, man. So you can walk out of here today free. Who the sun sets free. That's not that big yellow thing in the sky. That's the son of God. Who the sun sets free is free indeed. And you are going to walk out free today. So I want every single person that's standing, I just want you to just start praying in the spirit, just really gently, just really quietly. Ah. Mm. Mm. More love. More. Oh. More, Jesus. Flood this place, Lord. I believe there's three people sitting, standing, and you should be up here kneeling. Three. I just saw a three. There's three people and you're standing, and you should be up here kneeling. God is calling you out right now, but you've got three will. You choose. Mm. Thank you, Jesus. Mm. Thank you, Jesus. More, Lord. More. 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 Lord, I pray your fire fall on this altar. Burn everything on this altar, Lord. Mm. Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost. Mm. I'm going to lead you guys in a prayer, okay? Dear Jesus, I thank you for today. I believe you are the Son of God. I believe you died on a cross for me, as me, because you do really love me. I ask you to forgive me now of all of this junk. Rip this backpack from me. It's now yours. Fill me with your love, with your peace, with your Holy Ghost. So I'll burn for you. So I will publicly burn for you. Use me to preach your gospel in my lane every day. Amen and amen. You've been listening to the GGC Life Podcast. We hope this message has encouraged you. For more, please visit our website, ggclife.com or email us ggclife at ggclife.com. From our house to yours, be blessed.